You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 52 of Psychotic and Iconic. Paul's here along with my co-host Nick Theories, Mikey P, and Philly Phil. We want to thank everybody that's tuned in to the live stream right now. If you're tuned in, please share it. Thank you to everybody that likes, follows, and subscribes to all of our platforms. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and do so. Before I go off to Mikey P, Nick Theories, was that a good intro? Because I know you're a little critical on Saturday. I just need more energy. <laughs> okay. I right, need I more. Just... After this weekend right. from the football game. Oh, the energy's going to be need, We need we need energy. All right. All right. So I'm I need a little bit sure. more upbeat. Do all I right? have your approval on that intro? It's not Nick's approval. Okay. I need a little bit more energy next time. Okay. All right. See what I mean? I'm... Way to be critical. I understand. <laughs> I love you. Now we're going off to Mikey P, and we're going to get started on this wild show that's about to happen. <laughs> It's chaos. That was the theme this weekend. Chaos. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I can't wait to talk about this. So we're going to get right into it. All right. I'm going to get right into the ad read. Psychotic and Iconic Sports Podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks, your home for daily fantasy sports. New users who sign up for Prize Picks today using the promo code ICONIC will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Promo code ICONIC. Prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. Also, we're live on PropsHQ.com. That's the Props Network. Be sure to subscribe to us there for show news, our episode schedules, live streams, our Twitter feed. Everything's there, okay? Go check it out. And as you know, tonight, NFL Divisional Round Madness. It was insane, okay? That's what we're talking about. We're going to react to it, and um, we're going to have a little... Facts are caps sprinkled in. So, Phil, you know what to do. Let's fucking go, baby. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Volume's low on this one. <laughs> That's a good way to start off right there. The classic battle, okay? Before we go into the actual game action, I will let you know where we are in our standings. Game picks, okay? Pauls, he regained the against the spread lead by one game. We all had a bad weekend. It was uh, insane. Uh, praise I mean, I, give him uh, all the praise. We, we, give him all the praise. He deserves it. <laughs> Bastard. So he, he regained it. He regained it. He still has a money line lead. He actually increased that by one game. Regular. And myself, oh, I'm holding on to the DFS lead, um, which has been the case for two weeks. 
But it's close, though. Nick Theories is one back. Pauls, he won a contest this weekend. And Philly Phil won one, too. We got filled. Did I? Okay. I wasn't even fucking paying yeah. attention. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Good shit, Phil. We got filled. We got we got filled on Saturday. No, you got filled, not me. <laughs> no, we all got filled. If he won, then we all got filled. <laughs> That's real shit. That's no cap. <clears throat> Yo, oh, he man, was actually just, winning let's, on, let's on get Sunday into too, shit, up man. until like the last drive. Let's get into this shit, man. There's a lot of fucking chaos going on this weekend. Let's get into it, man. All right. Let's fucking oh, talk here about it. Here we go. It. Keep it up. Phil, that's your cue. Get put on some NFL CBS for me. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Oh, there it is. There he is. Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. Mm. First one of the weekend. Bengals win 1916 in Tennessee. It was another one where, you know, it ended on a game winning field goal. Okay. This weekend was crazy. Absolutely crazy. This was just the start of it. I mean,. I guess we got to go right into it, guys. Player of the game, I'm going to pass it off to the one who chose the Bengals to win. The only person on the show, Pauls, credit to you for taking the Bengals. You're going to start us off with the player of the game. Go ahead, Pauls. The player of the game is Joe Burrow. Uh, that dude is unfazed by anything. You get sacked nine times, and he's not even trying to dump the ball off to the running back. Um, he's as tough as they come. He showed a lot of grit. Um as we were saying before the show, man, I really have grown to be like a huge Burrow fan. Um, to me, he me was just, he is he is really special. Mm -hmm. And to be in the AFC right now, unless you have him, Mahomes, Allen, or Herbert, and right now, I mean, Herbert's kind of like an afterthought because of what just happened in the playoffs. But he is fantastic. So he was he was my player of the game all the way around. He's so composed. He's so confident. Confident to, like, the point of almost arrogant but it's not arrogant like i don't ever feel like his confidence is condescending if that makes sense like i never feel like he's he believes that he's above people i just really believe that he believes in himself and that he thinks he's the best player on the field and those are the players those are the players that win and um yeah shout out to joe burrow and this is only the beginning for him and the bengals so i, I love it that. i i i agree with that uh with that comment with joe burrow's, joe burrow's uh, confidence um, it seems like it's trickling down throughout the whole team. You got them all believing. From top to bottom, everybody, yeah, everybody believes. So my player of the game is Evan McPherson. The guy had four, oh, four nice. field goals in crunch time. Um, and, I mean, if he misses one of them, Tennessee's pretty much in prime position to probably, you know, take the game over or is going to overtime. So, uh, I mean, Evan McPherson hit a 38-yard field goal and a 45-yard field goal in the first quarter. Second quarter, he nails a 54-yard uh, field goal um, with four minutes and 32 seconds left. Uh, and um, for me, it's just, I'm sorry, with a minute and 35 right before the half. So those are big points on the road. So that put them up 9-6, which gave them the, moment, uh, the momentum going into the half, um, which, is, which is major. And then, you know, they came out, they scored a touchdown. They were up 10 from that point. And then, you know, Tennessee was playing catch up. And what they do best is run the football. And they got away from that because of you know, them playing behind. Um, so, and then, you know, for him to nail a 52-yard field goal with time expiring on the road, that's impressive for me. And he's a rookie. So, apparently, before he, he made the kick, he said, we're going to the AFC Championship game as, as he was uh, warming up. 
So that's where I agree with you on the confidence part with Joe Burrow because it trickles down for the whole Joe the whole Burrow roster. effect. 100%. So for me, I mean, that's definitely uh, a really good point by you. And yeah, I mean, he, he did, you know, the kicker was outstanding, and uh, that's my player of the game for sure. Love it, bro. Love it. Yeah. Bro. You know, honestly, uh, I mean, you both took my, you took my primary and my backup selection, so I'll just echo the same statement. I'm gonna say Joe Burrow because I truly believe he's special. He's already a top ten kind of guy, and he's just ascending every single week. He didn't throw a touchdown this week. Um, it didn't matter though. He made the plays when he had to make the plays. All right. My selection though was going to be Evan McPherson for the brand, baby, for <laughs> the brand. All right. Got to give some love to a confident kicker. He called his shot. He called did. a shot. Plain and simple. I mean, that that enough. That in itself deserves some love. So I'm going with Evan McPherson, but Joe Burrow is always a good selection. Um, you know, no one really blew up the stat sheet in this game. So. Give some love to the kicker. And now, guys, now we're going to kind of just break down the game a little bit. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, the obvious storyline is the Bengals even being this far and the number one seed, the Titans, are out after after their first game. So I want to hear, like, what was the most impressive aspect of the game to you? It's what really stood out to you? Um, it could be on either side, uh really. For me, this is this is the easy part. Uh, it was the Tennessee Titans defensive line um, to get nine sacks, uh, to force Burrow and in, in long second downs, third downs. Uh, I mean, and even on third downs, you know, they were getting to him. And you know, Cincinnati had a punt. You know, uh, flips the field position a little bit when you get sacked for ten yards and stuff. So for me, I mean, to have nine sacks on the defensive front and completely dominating the game in that aspect, uh, that was um, the story for me in that game. Um, but the way that, you know, Joe Burrow bounced back after getting sacked nine times, like you alluded to, uh, that was impressive as well. Um, so he hung tough and, you know, he got the job done. I'm just sad I can't say tighten up anymore. I'm fucking sad about it. But, uh, you know, credit to the Bengals. They deserve the win. And, um, yeah, that's really it. So for me, it was a few things. Um, number one, the Bengals are really well coached. And I think for me, one thing that, was, that really stood out about them was, they could win in multiple ways. I mean, you go, they play Kansas City and put up like 44 points or something like that, and then they win a 19 to 16 game. So that's showing you that they could hang with the Bills and the Chargers when they're cooking or whoever, when they could go out and Joe Burrow could throw you home. They could also go out and play the gritty game, even though their offensive line is, you know, mediocre. They don't have the best defense. But their defense is able to make enough plays to keep them in there. And going back to the well-coached uh, well part, you have Zach Taylor. I mean, he's a second-year head coach um, who I actually believe was Ryan Tannehill's offensive coordinator in Miami. I don't know if that's 100% true. I think so, though. But who would know his weaknesses? Damn, good for you. Is that correct? Uh, I mean, I don't even know that. So, so all right. well, that's I saying he, something. I think if, you, if you just found that, then good for you. Kudos to you. But also, my For thing real. is, too, is what I'm going to go. Another thing I realized, Tennessee needs to find a quarterback. I don't think that they can win with Ryan Tannehill. And that was part of the reason I picked the Bengals, because I thought that if the game was low scoring, it favored the Titans, which proved to be Me too. incorrect. But my thing is, is the interceptions that he threw are just, they're unacceptable. I you agree. can't do that. You can't, you're not going to win a game like that. And also, Deontay Foreman 
had four carries for like 67 yards, I think, 65 yards. 66 yards. He needed to be more involved. I, so, four absolutely. carries. Yeah. yeah. He actually yeah. had more yards than Derrick Henry. Yeah, you're and 15 yards a carry. Yeah. So it's like he should have been more involved. I'll put that, uh, not blame, but I'll put that a little bit on Vrabel because you have to see when he's cooking, obviously. Yeah. He has to be a little bit more involved, but I understand going to Derrick Henry. He's your horse. But you could have oh, Yes and no. Like he he was Go really on he was really like ineffective. Derrick Henry. And well, we were talking about that too because I said, does he come back and run like Derrick Henry, or he was out for ten weeks? I mean, they that's believe not in easy him. to come back and just start and run right back in action and get that contact because you can get into shape, but there's a difference when you're getting tackled by 350 pound men. They're landing on you. They're hitting your legs. They're hitting your arms, your chest, your head. That's wear and tear. You think I was a factor? I do, yeah, because I don't think he had any contact. He didn't, like, he's, I'm sure he stepped on somebody's foot when he was running. How did his foot react? Was his foot sore? Yeah, you you can't simulate that in practice, that's you for can't. sure. Those I mean, I, I thought things. he was very up and down. It looked like, uh, I don't want to say that he was rusty, but he just, it was just an up and down game. There were some carries where he looked pretty sharp, and then there were others where it was like, okay, well, you know, he would usually break this one. Um uh, Deontay Foreman has some juice, and he's been he's been pretty much on fire the last month. So, <laughs> Shout I out mean, this guy, guy might have earned that. himself a starting job somewhere. It's it's not going to be in Tennessee, but this guy might have earned himself a starting job somewhere. So that's interesting because he was literally like out of the league before the Titans brought him back. Um, but my most impressive, and you could call this maybe unimpressive, I was just blown away. Not just in this game, but Ryan Tannehill's regression this year is just—I I can't believe it. Because at least this guy, this guy could succeed in an offense that was catered to him. So obviously, last year they were a very, very strong play-action team, probably the best in the NFL. Um, and this year, it just didn't—you know—it didn't matter. I mean, obviously they had some injuries they were dealing with, but he just—he did not look sharp the entire year. His accuracy was off. Um, he doesn't have great arm strength to begin with, and the decisions are just like head scratching. So, as Mike, as you just said, those interceptions were just like, what the fuck's going on with this guy? And this is a close game, so you know, just one of those can change the entire game. And he threw three of them. Because really, I mean, it looked like the Titans were going to win this game from my perspective. It looked like they had this game, and three turnovers, you know. You give the Bengals a chance to get right back in, and you know credit to the Bengals because they've been a team where we've been we've been on their ass all year. We didn't know what to think of this team. We were in on them, we were out on them, we were back in, we're back out, and now suddenly it's like you know what you got to respect these guys. Joe Burrow said it himself. Uh, Joe Burrow was like, you know what, I'm tired of this underdog shit. Basically, is what he was saying. I'm tired of this underdog shit. We're a really good team, and and they've proven that they they've got everything. They obviously have some weaknesses, um, which we'll highlight maybe a little bit more on Thursday when we break down these games. But the offensive line has always been a shit show all year. They've gotten to this point, despite that, and they have everything else pretty much. I mean, the defense, pretty pretty damn good. You're holding the Titans to 16. Like Mike said, I thought I thought you know if, if this is a low scoring game, I thought the Titans would win. And Nick and I both had the Titans. And Mike, real um, fast, um, go ahead. Two things: Zach Taylor was Ryan Tannehill's quarterback coach. Same. So there I was, you go. I was a little close, but who knows him better than anyone? Close enough. Um, yeah. Right? Answer your question, right? 
Let me ask you guys a question. Hold on one second before I forget this. Because Tom said this, and me and Tom said this at the same time we texted each other during this game. Why is Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball to his third wide receiver in that at that spot of the game when you have Julio Jones and AJ Brown? Well, Julio isn't isn't really much of a factor. He's better than Julio looked decent enough in this game. To be honest, they need a slot receiver, a guy that can move the chains. That's what they were missing. They do. That team was missing that. That's it. Otherwise, they were good on offense. I mean, their quarterback play was obviously shaky with Tannehill, but Phil, I can see comments by the way too. Oh, you got, I have got, Facebook up, so I'm, I'm oh. trying to monitor them. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. your turn to talk, right? Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. We're gonna pause it. What was your question, Nick? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> you, do you really not? Here, well, I, I no, got I one remember. for you guys. I, all right, an asshole. The bottom line is, do the Tennessee <laughs> Titans okay. win this game if Derrick Henry was inactive? Think about it. Um. That's an interesting take. Because here's here's my thing. I think Tennessee, to be honest with you, to give somebody 20 carries who's been getting three yards a, a clip, that's ineffective football, right? But the guy, the, the backup, gets four carries for 66 yards with a long run of 45. So that breaks down to three carries for 21 yards who's getting seven yards a carry. So my thing is, okay, so if you're starting off at second and seven every every play, or you're starting off at second and three based on the averages. I got you. I mean, like my thing is like I feel like they were force feeding Henry just to get him back in, in motion, but it was just ineffective. Like they weren't moving the football that way, and the Bengals were ready for it because he can't because Derrick Henry is not a pass catching back. So when he's in the game, he's either running the ball or he's pass blocking. So you become predictable in the, in, the, in that way. For me. Yeah. No. 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 I'm with. I'm, I I'm mean, thinking. Those are. Those, Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying I'm thinking about that question because that's a good question. But I would still lean that it's the Bengals because Ryan Tannehill didn't at any point in that game show me that he can make the throw. Like, you see when the Bengals got that ball back at that interception, the one that we were just talking about with Julio, and Joe Burrow throws that laser and puts them in field goal range in one throw. Like, to uh, Jamar Chase, like, I don't see Ryan Tannehill making those throws. And real fast, just a little off topic, if you're an Eagles fan last night and you're saying we need to keep Jalen Hurts, how do you watch those games and say he can do that? I mean, it, it's it's difficult. <laughs> just I'm, We're not going in there. I'm just saying, last night, if you're watching that game, there's a handful of teams that you're like, oh, man, I want to groom my QB, but I don't see that. And, you know, but Ryan Tannehill has been in the league for 10 years now. You know what he can and can't do. You got the number one seed. You had everything working your way. You have to win that game. So what you're saying is that you need a a dynamic quarterback to literally compete in the NFL. Not even so much compete. I just you need somebody that can make elite throws when the time matters, no matter how much of a bonehead they are or do dumb shit. Oh, they need to make the throws when we've talked about this previously on other episodes about Lamar Jackson. And we're going to get in like, see, yesterday. Correct. Lamar Jackson's not competing with with the Bengals, the the, 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 uh, Jesus Christ, the Bengals, Chiefs, the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah. Like that's not a Lamar Jackson game. Right. That. Tennessee game was a Lamar Jackson game. But he would lose that game because Correct. Tennessee plays good defense. Correct. I feel the same way. I feel the exact same way. So great point. But sorry, um, Mikey P, what were you saying? Well, here, guys. Here, I'll transition it into our facts or cap question because we were kind of, you know, kind of getting into it, all right? So I'll just say it, all right? The Tennessee Titans will take the next step and make it to at least the AFC Championship game next season. Facts or cap? And actually, I'll start us off. Fuck it. Why not? All right? You guys cool with that? Love that. 
Go for it. I'm screaming cap. I'm screaming cap. I'm not even sure if they get to the divisional round. That's how unconvinced I am with Ryan Tannehill. And here's my here's my reason why, okay? I feel like they're kind of stuck with Tannehill. I mean, he got a four-year, $110 million contract. He still has $29 million in guaranteed money. Like, if they if they try to move on from him, they're going to be extremely deficient somewhere else because of the lack of the money they're able to spend. So they're kind of they're stuck with him for at least a year unless they're able to get somebody to come in here and pick up the final two years of Ryan Tannehill's contract. So I, I just don't see how with, with him regressing and this – just the way he played in this game, I have absolutely zero confidence. I, I think that there's going to be other teams that are ascending, and and you're already seeing right now, like you know, a team like the Bengals could pop up next year. Um, you see a team like the Ravens where they got completely gashed by injuries. They they would be a team in the conversation. They had the second best roster in the NFL last year. So um, there's going to be other teams that step in. So I I wonder, um, and you never know what the Colts are going to do either. So. They're looking like a team that's going to be in the wild card game to me next year. So, next up, who wants it? Polls. Yeah, polls. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I would say no. That's Cap. Um, they're not. Ryan Tannehill is not competing in the AFC um, with with the quarterbacks that are coming. He had a golden opportunity right now. I mean, you're playing a first-year quarterback in their playoff. I mean, uh, Burrow only played like seven games last year. It's, you know, they, they never won a road playoff game in their franchise's history. Like, you, those are games that you have to win. I mean, how do you have any confidence in him going in the next year? I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I really don't. And like you said, Mike, with, with that big of a cap number coming, you have a lot of guaranteed money left. You're going to start getting into cap issues. That's, that's just, that's just the truth. And it, it, it sucks because it's like, I don't want to shit on Tannehill. Like, I, I like him. I think he's all right. I think he, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, a um, like a competent quarterback, but he's just he if he's not getting he's not throwing you to an AFC Championship game or a Super Bowl. There's just no way. Listen, if he played like last year, last year's version, they'd be in the AFC Championship game right now. That's all he had to do. Nick, your thoughts, facts or cap? Uh, I'm gonna say cap uh, because of the salary cap. They only have <laughs> 7.3 million in cap space heading into next season. Um, the only person they're losing in free agency, however, is Harold Landry, the edge rusher. Uh, the edge rusher. That's he's probably a massive their, loss. He's probably their best player on you know as in, an impending free agent. Uh, but the salary cap for me, I mean, unless they get creative, they're gonna have to bring in another wide receiver if they're gonna keep Tannehill. You, you, you can't rock out with A.J. Brown, who can sometimes miss games, and then Julio Jones, who can miss a whole season. Like, you just can't do that because you have a great running game, and they also need a tight end, and they also need a slot receiver. But you need to bring somebody else in to pair with A.J. Brown. It can't be Julio Jones because he's not he's not reliable. You need somebody who's reliable. If And their defense, I mean, look, their defense is still there. They still got Vrabel. They have a good coach. They're going to be – they should be back in the playoffs. Absolutely, like their division like, not. They not are strong. constructed to punch you in the mouth. Like they're that they're that kind of team yeah. that you don't want to play. So like I could see them being ten and seven, kind of getting in the playoffs and being that scary team like they were a couple years ago. But I mean, for me, it's just like you got to get more weapons on the offensive front. I mean, when when you have Derrick Henry, you need somebody to respect the pass so you can get rid of the eight man box or Field seven treasure. man box. Like for me, it's like those are critical. 
and you need a, you, and they also need a tight end that can block and then they can actually get open and move the chains. That's also what they're missing. They're just missing that other key component, um, you know, with moving the chains on third down because they have the big play ability in A.J. Brown. They have Derrick Henry who can snap at any moment, and he's just Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to wear down a defense. He's going to get his yards. He's going to score. He's a goal line beast. I mean, for me, it's just like they just need to get another weapon on the outside, and – but I just don't know how they're going to do that with the salary cap that they're going to have going into next season, unless they get creative and have some, you know, people restructure, you know, restructure their contract to create cap space or even moving off, you know, a, a, you know, a player that has a high cap uh, number yeah. that might be at the tail end of his career. And then, you know, you know, save cap space in that way to create space for other uh, playmakers on the offensive, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But for me, I'm just going to go with the cap for now, but we'll see. Great points, Nick. Great points, guys. All right. And they need a cornerback, by the way. <laughs> Their pass defense is severely uh, in trouble back there on the back end. But that's it for the first game. Philly Phil, hit me with some NFL Fox. All right. We got the next game. <laughs> what a fucking 49ers dude. Packers. A rematch. Aaron Rodgers, his hometown team growing up. All right. 49ers do the improbable. 13-10. They win, they win a, a, an incredibly low-scoring game in the snow, in Green Bay, in the frozen tundra. What the fuck? All right. It happened. Like, the worst-case scenario that we spoke about, it actually fucking happened. That's so... Let's just go right into the player of the game before we break this shit down. Because this this was the, like, in all honesty, this was the start of the fucking chaos for me. The first game I could have seen going either way. It was great, but this was the beginning of fucking chaos. All right? Nick, I'm passing it to you first this time. Player of the game, go right ahead. Player of the game is Debo Samuel. I mean, he didn't have big numbers, but he made big impact plays to prevail the Niners to get to uh, the uh, NFC Championship game. Uh, Debo Samuel had 10 carries for 39 yards, three catches for 44 yards. Like I said, he, his numbers doesn't reflect uh, a player of the game per se, but his impact in the game changed the game. Um, every time he got the ball, you know, it feels like in critical moments, they go to Debo Samuel because he is literally electric. He, I, I love watching him play. Um, and for me, without him, I don't think the Niners win this game. But who knows? Because Aaron Rodgers only put up 10 points in Lambeau, which I was shocked about. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's Debo Samuel. I mean, there's nothing else. Great choice. There was no other flashes on either side of the ball for me. But yeah. when, when, it, when it mattered the most – San Fran went to Debo Samuel in critical moments, and he got the job done. Love it. Love it. He's responded to the challenge all year long, Nick. Great yep. choice. Pauls, uh, you're up. The player of the game, I don't know who it is. It is whichever player blocked that field goal before halftime. That mm. was when the game <laughs> swung and was over because the 49ers turned it over when they're going in the score. Aaron Rodgers throws a 75-yard pass to Aaron Jones, <laughs> which he could have scored a touchdown if he ran straight instead of trying to juke him from the 30-yard line. I don't know why he did that. As soon as they blocked that field goal, they grabbed all the momentum back, and that was that was when I knew, when I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, my God, the 49ers are actually going to do this. 
Great, that's a great. That's a great point. Damn, that's awesome. That, that is a great one. That. You could easily, yeah. you could easily substitute the guy who blocked the punt too, because that's that's when it just sucked the air out of the building. It was just oh, I actually absolutely un- yeah. unbelievable. Um, but for me, guys, I'm going for the brand again. I'm gonna I'm gonna select a kicker, Robbie Gould. Oh, All right, shit. Penn State alum, Robbie Gould is fucking cold as ice in the playoffs. He's colder than the frozen tundra, all right? This guy has not missed a field goal at all in his whole postseason career. That's crazy. And then when, you know, I mean. Is that true? Yeah. He's never yeah, missed a postseason. Fact. That's facts. That's he's not never, He's never missed a field goal in postseason in his entire career. Damn, that's facts. Funny. That's a weapon. Okay? Now, on Robbie top of that, gold. it's, it's not just that, but. Kicking a 45-yarder in this weather is like literally kicking a fucking brick, all right? It's it's not an easy kick that he made either, and he made it right up the middle. He knew he was going to do it, um, and you guys saw the comments at the end. Jimmy G, you know, fuck the Packers, this and that, but no. Robbie Gould went out there, and he just he just stole he stole the Packers' soul, all right? And, and I knew it was going to happen. I knew it right after the block punt. I was like, this is not going to end well. <laughs> Uh, but Robbie Gould was the one who sealed the deal. I could have easily said the 49ers defense for the job that they did. Uh, but I'm going with the kicker again. So now, guys, all right, now we can kind of dive into the game a little bit. Most impressive aspect of the game. Paul, start us off. For me, it's the job that D'Amico Ryans and Kyle Shanahan did. Um, to hold the Packers Great choice. to 10 points after you have that season that you just had is is unbelievable. I mean, they they just, like, actually shut them down. And, like, they were showing clips of, like, Alan Lazar being wide open and Mercedes Lewis being wide open, and Aaron Rodgers just doesn't throw to them, which is which is crazy. Um, and Aaron Rodgers just choked. And Straight that, up. That, yeah, like, I don't – no more top five talk, no more none, – none of that. No, Aaron Rodgers hyphen McNabb is his new name. I mean, you can That's call him what name. you want. Like, man, <laughs> he did choke. I don't – yeah, I don't want to hear it no more. It's it's he choked because because for the longest time it was always oh Aaron Rodgers defense always gives up thirty plus points yeah, I don't in the playoffs hear that no and now all of a sudden his defense gives up thirteen and you lose yeah not even because and the other home. was a block was a block uh, punt right so not well, even I, yeah, I'm so not right. going to argue that guys correct but I I won't Paul sorry go ahead. no go no ahead. I'm just saying like off. to me that's just that's just what it is I mean the job that they did on them after the season they just had they just went in there out of their element and just totally shut them down. Like, shut them down. Rodgers was confused. And it's the same story with him. When he gets down by a few points, man, he just he doesn't look like somebody you'd want to be in a foxhole with. That's just, it's, it's you know, it's it's no cap. He's 0-4 he's against the 49ers in the, in the playoffs. So, it's just like, it, it's just so, it's, it's mind-boggling. I mean, up until the pass to Aaron Jones, I mean, without that pass to Aaron Jones, he had 150 yards passing in that game. That's unacceptable. It's not like him. And you want to talk about transcendent and 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 you know top five ever and oh it's the 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 Brady and Rogers show. Miss me with that. No way. Mahomes is well, only here, more Mike, accomplished but... than him. He's only been in the league for four years. I I, I agree with you. I agree. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm Nick. Before before that. I pass it off to you, I wanna I wanna echo to you guys a statement. Okay. For some reason, this is something I've observed now. This is two years in a row. For some reason. You get late game with this team, and it, it could be Rodgers, it could be LaFleur, it could be a combination of both, but for some reason, 
they become a different team. They become ultra conservative. That was my observation. They they weren't taking any chances. Um, they weren't getting creative with any play calling. Uh, the game the game plan was just bland in the second half. They they don't they weren't the team that they were during the regular season when they step on your throat and they continue to score points. They just look ultra conservative and they weren't they weren't making any risky throws at all. I get the weather, but like you know, unless it was to Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers didn't seem to trust anybody else either. So that's that's definitely part on him. I mean, you can't you can't be fragile in that moment and I blame the whole team, but Aaron Rodgers, that's unacceptable. We were already saying, we talked about this before the game, how we said Aaron Rodgers had nine straight playoff games at multiple touchdown passes. That was the first time in 10 games that he didn't do it. Hmm. Crazy. Nick, go ahead. I mean, for me, it's just like, okay, so from the opening kick and to Green Bay's, after Green Bay's first drive, right? They went 10 plays. 69 yards in five minutes and 35 seconds. Now, what changed from the first drive to the end of the game? Can somebody explain this to me? How do you score seven points off the jump? I, I thought this game was going to be a blowout. And me I'm sure too. a lot of people yeah. thought the me same too. thing. I'm thinking, okay, Green Bay is going to put up 35 points. They went down the field with ease and scored seven on them, and, and that was it. And then, and then uh, San Fran got the ball back. They punted. Now, this is where I think the game changed. It was Green Bay's second possession. They were starting to drive a little bit. They were in San Fran territory, and they fumbled. After that fumble, they haven't been the same. They were never the same offense right after that fumble. After that, it was punt, 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 until the possession before the the half where the blocked field goal came. So they never got into another rhythm. And credit to the Niners for adjusting after the first first drive. Because uh, I'll be honest with you, I mean – I thought everybody thought that this was going to be a blowout. Immediately when they scored. Oh, I, I, I said this is over. I said, oh, Jimmy G has no chance to put up 30-plus in, in, in his cold. Yep. No no fucking chance he's going to he's gonna outscore Rodgers. There's just no chance. He's not outscoring Rodgers at home. And I thought there was no way in hell Aaron Rodgers was losing this game at home. I just thought there was no way. There, it, Stunning. It's, it's, there's no excuse with him. No. Because all I heard was, nope. oh, well, his defense gave up 40 points. This gave up, his defense gave up 30, blah, 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 blah. But his defense gave up fucking 13, and he took an L at home. Six. So what's the excuse now? This, is your, this is your MVP? This is your MVP? I, 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 you tell me. That ain't my MVP. An MVP is, is, is winning that game. 13 points? You tell me all they needed was another touchdown to win the game. And they, and they haven't done it since the first drive. Come on. That's inexcusable. And you could say coaching, which that's definitely a, a, a part of it. You, you didn't adjust. You got to adjust to what the defense is doing. If Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, you keep throwing at Devontae Adams, why don't you take what the defense gives you, like Brady? Take the five-yard uh, pass to Lazard. Live another play. But don't, go, don't, don't, go, don't keep throwing deep to Devontae Adams, and it's not working because they're, they're, they're shutting it down. It's that ego. It, 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 might, it might. But it takes me back to that Instagram story in the beginning of the year. Before the season, the last dance with yep. him and Devontae Adams. And who did he force feed? Yeah. Devontae Adams. He was almost like he was making a statement. This is our last run. We're going to go together. So, but for me, that's where they fucked up. And that's why they lost. Because you didn't give the ball to Lazard. You didn't give it the ball to, uh, what's his name? Equinemus St. Brown or whatever the fuck his name is. I don't, I don't even know. Uh, but you had hey, other fun options. Fun fact, that's, that's Amon Ra's brother, by the way, in case you guys didn't know that. Amon Ra. 
Well, he, he ain't no Amon Ra. I could fucking tell you that. That's straight the fuck no, up. No, he's not. He ain't fucking Amon Ra. And then you got Aaron Jones with nine catches, 129 yards on 10 targets, and you, you failed to put up another touchdown. How? How? If Crazy. a running back is getting you nine catches for 100 and something yards, how do you lose that game and now you only score 10 points? Somebody answer this question for me. For real. It's, I'm it's fucking unbelievable. Confused. And you're home. I know. You were home. And we and Nick and Nick, we were literally talking about before this game, we were literally saying if this enters into a conservative low scoring game, that's gonna favor the 49ers. They're oh. a ground and pound team. They got a good defense with a pass rush. Absolutely. And and they let the Packers dictated how this game went. They let it get there. That so they are there's nobody to blame but themselves. They fucking blew it. Period. There's oh, no excuse. Oh, I agree. And I know A.J. Dillon went out during the game and he didn't return. But you have Aaron Jones. The guy's a fucking all he's – a, he's a Pro Bowl running back. There's no excuse. There is no excuse to lose that game. You can't. Your defense did its job. Green Bay's defense, hats off to them. They, they played their ass off. But the offense, they did. after the first drive, you were non-existent. You only put up three points the rest of the way at home. To Gosh, me, it's just it's – Here's just, it's how crazy – here's how crazy this was, Okay. You can look anywhere on social media. Just go, you know, go back on your timeline, okay? People were literally at halftime calling for Jimmy G to be benched. Oh, I this agree. This game, yep. it was it was going to be blown open. The Packers had the opportunity to just literally take over this game from, from the get-go, and they just didn't do it. I mean, they were calling for the other quarterback's job. It's just crazy. It's crazy. But, guys... Uh, we're going to save some 49er talk for Thursday. So I'm going to ask you facts or cab question now while we're still on subject. Okay. You ready for this? And this is the, this is the one that everyone wants the answer to. Nobody knows the answer to, but everyone wants the answer. Okay. This is the end of the Aaron Rodgers era in green Bay facts or cap. It's facts because again, like I talked about with uh, the you know the Titans, that the the Green Bay Packers don't have a salary cap. None. Devontae Adams is leaving, so if Aaron Rodgers stays, he ain't staying. If if if, if Adams is gone, That's, let's just call it what it is. And Adams ain't coming back because he's going to demand a, a big price tag. And what are you going to do for the rest of the team? You're going to cut the rest of the players to, to fit room for him? Well, you got to fill out a team. It's called a team. So for me, it's it's team game. He's not coming back. Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Green Bay is is done. It's done. There's there's no way they could reconstruct that deal. I mean, and and uh, that that uh, salary cap to to bring those players back. There's just no way. And he and he he even said it. He doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. And do I blame him? Fuck no. I don't. Yep. This is facts because Aaron Rodgers is retiring. And I said that on Saturday afternoon, and I stand by wow. it. Aaron Rodgers is not coming back. He's going out like a pussy. Excuse me, Mommy. I know you're watching. Love you. Um, <laughs> but that's how he's going out, because that's exactly what he is. He has no fight in him. He's not a dog. He's not a dog. He talked all that shit. He made this entire season a big-ass bubble around him. Pat McAfee shows. All the crazy shit that he said. We're not getting into it. All that crazy shit that he did was all about him this year. And you back it up with an egg in the most important game of the season. Oh, I'm playing against the Lions because we want to keep rolling. My toe feels better. That, that's exactly what it is, bro. He's retired. That he's ego? Not, yeah. He's not, built, he's not built of the right shit. He had one lucky playoff run. And he probably wouldn't have made that Super Bowl if Caleb Haney was, wasn't in that game. Because Caleb Haney gave him trouble while Jay Cutler was on the bike. 
and that's fact. Yo, you you want you want you want me to give you the real take on that? By the way, go back to 2010. Uh, this is when I was still with the Eagles myself. The winner, I had always said back in that time, the winner of that game was going to win the Super Bowl uh, because that was the year when the AFC was pretty beatable. Yep. And, you know, that was... I happened to just talk to someone about this recently. I'm not going to go into it, but uh, a Riley Cooper drop touchdown pass at the end resulted in Green Bay going... I still see him uh, I guarantee you the Eagles would have won the Super Bowl that year. That's just how it was going. The winner of that game was going to do it. But that's besides the point, okay? We can get into that another time. I'm saying facts... And I'm going to reference what we had talked about. We said the only way that this shit's going to end is if it's worst case scenario this Saturday. And it was. It reached that point, if not worse. Okay? It was worse, in my opinion. They went out. I mean, and here's another thing, Mike. Okay? Because the retirement thing, that's fucking wild. And you wouldn't. I mean, I, I won't discount it. Okay? I'm going to say this. I'm going to give you a different angle. The, based on what I've been hearing across the media and everything, I think Aaron Rodgers had a plan. I, I'm telling you right now, I think he already knew he was leaving this team, and this was the excuse. This is the way to get out. Because, like you said, he didn't he didn't look like a dog at, at the end of the game. I think that he was disinterested a little bit. No fucking way. I think way. that he already knew. No way. I think he already knew he wanted out. But no I'm not going to bail him out, though. I'm just telling you right now, he still played like shit. But this guy looked disinterested at the end. This guy is is known for making fourth quarter comebacks. This guy looked disinterested a little bit. And ain't, he didn't look like himself. Ain't so, no way in hell this shit was planned. This guy's legacy is on the line. The whole world is watching. Everybody oh, Nick, knows no, about I'm the saying, magnitude of this game for his career. He ain't laying no egg on purpose. No, Nick, I'm saying I think he knew before the season when we were all talking about this shit that I think he already knew he was leaving Green Bay. Oh, which is fine, but I, I don't I don't I don't understand the disinterest. It enters part. your head though. He looked disinterested. He look he didn't look like a guy that wanted to go out and win that game. I mean I was say, I was saying it when I was watching the game, like th this offense even it just didn't look right. Nothing looked right He's sweet. in the entire second half. He's to me. sweet. He's sweet. <laughs> okay. Bro. Aaron Rodgers. I guess so. Aaron Rodgers if he retires, I'll be shocked. But my thing is, he's going to look at the Brady situation with Tampa Bay. And he's going to mm -hmm. pick a team. He's going to be like, all right, which team has the best chance if I go there to win a Super Bowl? Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. There you go. I hate retiring. I, I, I just don't see, no, I don't see it. I, I don't think he's going back to Green Bay because of the cap situation, the whole fiasco with the team, blah, blah, blah. I think that, sh that ship has sailed. That, yeah, that ended as soon as triple zeros hit the clock against the Niners. He's they done. enter, they literally enter the offseason with minus 40 mil in cap. Just to get Adams <laughs> under the cap, they're, they're going to have to pay him 20 million per season. They have so much clearing out to do. It, it's it's just like, you know what? I think even in, in his post-game comments and everything that's happened since the game, it was apparent that, you know what, maybe we were all wrong for looking at it like he had a chance of coming back because... It never even looked possible if you looked at the cap sheet. It, it just doesn't it doesn't look possible. And he's not going to return without Devontae Adams. So this team, I don't even think they're making the playoffs next year. Okay? I don't think they're making the playoffs. But that we'll save that for another day. Okay? Yep. We got to move on to Sunday games. Fiddle, hit me with NBC, please. Let's get into this.
Rams Bucks. Another one, okay? Another crazy one. This is absolutely insane. It looked like it was going to be over at halftime. It was crazy. <laughs> the the Rams jumped out to a huge lead. Uh, Matthew uh, Stafford played a clean game. Hmm. And suddenly, hmm. it all takes us one turnover. And you know, Tom Brady's licking his chops. Hmm. I myself thought that the Bucks were going to come back and win this. I was saying to my wife, I'm like, it's happening, honey. It's happening. It's happening. I was actually rooting for it, okay? It didn't happen, though. The Rams win 30-27 in Tampa Bay. The Bucks' second loss at home the whole season. Tom Brady, 14-2 in the divisional <laughs> round, entering this game. He was on a streak. This, this guy doesn't lose. He doesn't lose in the divisional round. And, <laughs> and they lost. I cannot believe this shit. All right? Guys, player of the game. Pauls. Yo. Go right ahead. Uh, the player game is Matthew Stafford. He was incredible. He stepped up to the moment. Um, he earned that victory. After he got sacked with like 42 seconds left, um, and then to throw the pass to Cooper Cup, the first one, and then the second one, when all the momentum goes to the Buccaneers, to stay composed, to just lead your team and throw that perfect pass to Cooper Cup, is just is amazing uh he really he was ready for the moment and you know i mean he was zero and three in playoff games up until last week now he's one and three now he's two and three just good for him he really deserved it. he earned that and i think he's the player of the game and um i don't really see how you how you go to anybody else he he played his ass off he deserves that win and i'm, I'm happy for him nick that's all you had to say you're up yeah, that's why I just All think. right. Well, before <laughs> I get into my breakdown, if everybody who's watching right now, please share the stream. We'd like to get more people in here. Let's get a party jumping. Get the comments rolling. Tell us what you think, whatever you guys have. And any thoughts, you know, we would love to address it on the show. So thank you for that. Um, Great, Nick. I mean, thank you. For me, player of the game is Cooper Cup. The guy had nine catches, 103 yard, 183 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, it's, it's, it's every week with this guy. I, I, how the fuck... Do you have a 2,000-yard wide receiver wide the fuck open on multiple occasions? How? Can somebody else explain this to me, too? I need answers. How the fuck do you have a 2,000-yard <laughs> receiving wide receiver get wide open like that on multiple occasions? How? You should have two Yo. guys on them at every fucking play. Good coaching. Every play. Yep. It's bad Nick. coaching. Good coaching. Nick. Sean McVay. Bro, no, you wait. gotta have two no, guys. Hold on a sec. Oh, hold let, let Higby beat me. Let Van Jefferson beat me. Let anybody else beat me but Cooper Cup. <laughs> anybody. He had 2,000 yards. He had one of the best wide receiver seasons of all time. And you let him wide the fuck open? Yeah, that's my player of the game. It's, Hell yeah, he fucking balled out. How? Because Staff was putting the ball on him. <laughs> Staff. I, I got an answer for you, too. I got an answer for you because he's my player of the game, too, Nick. All right. I don't know if you guys even I don't know if you saw this, but he loves all game long, Dan Orlovsky was breaking down. Oh my Wait, god. This guy. Pa Pauls, he loves my demise. <laughs> Every time I lose, he gets a kick out of it. He loves my demise. <laughs> oh my god. But that's all right though. Great. Because my day is gonna come and I can't fucking wait Bro, for that. It's not my it's not my problem that Tom Brady choked in a game. Oh, it he happens. Choked. He choked. It happens, dude. Oh, he choked. He said it, it happens. He choked, right? It happens. He choked. Get the hell out of here, bro. 
Get out of here, man. He choked. All right, go ahead. Proceed. <laughs> go ahead, Mikey P. Oh, I was actually, I was about to give you your kudos, Nick, because when, when you seen uh, Dan Orlovsky was breaking this down really well, but Cooper Cup, this was not because of Sean McVay. This was not because of blown coverage. Cooper Cup. I mean, I'm thinking of the, I'm thinking of the route, the go route up the, the right side of the field. Okay. Earlier <laughs> on in the game when it literally looked like a blown coverage. That was simply just Cooper Cup getting wide open. That was not a blown coverage. And actually, what happened there was Matthew Stafford pulled the defense away by looking uh, at the other side of the field. So it was part both of them. But still, this guy, this guy, the very last play of the game, the one that set them up for the field goal, they said that this route was designed for Cup to just take the defense away from the intermediate part of the field. He was not even... I don't even think he was a top three target on that play. His job was to draw the defense, but Stafford identified that the guy got wide fucking open and he hit him. It was a great throw, but Cooper Cup was not supposed to be open on that play. That's how good this guy is. It's crazy. He's actually just this fucking good. Okay? He's like that. He's this good. <laughs> well, it's he, crazy, he, man. He is good, but the it's reason crazy. why he got open on that play is because they were doing a corner blitz with Sean Murphy Bunton. That was on Cooper Cup at the time. So they did an all-out blitz, and Levante David didn't blitz because I don't think he heard the call. So that allowed the Rams to get enough time before Sue hit him in the face, before he let the you know before he threw the ball to, to Cooper Cup. But the reason why Cooper Cup was so wide open because he's running full speed, and the corner that was the, that was covering him and uh, Sean Murphy Bunting blitzed, so he had an open space. He wasn't jamming at the safety line. Safety was cheating he up. He completely fucking ran straight. And the safety in Antoine Winfield Jr., who's a, he's an awesome player, by the way. This is not, you know, uh, I'm not crucifying him at all. He's a fantastic player. But he cheated up a little bit, and he got burnt. Okay. And, and and Stafford saw it, and that, that was the game. But you don't do an all-out well, blitz. Know. You don't fucking do that. You double him. Yeah, you I, double him and you play back but that's, because they weren't in even, that's the they thing though in, yeah but they weren't in field goal range at the time so you're able to just anything but the outside because the Rams didn't have any timeouts so just cover the boundaries play up front and, and just, just play defense that's all you had to do but yet you but, wanted to fucking blitz everybody bring the house and allow the best fucking wide receiver in the league with 2,000 yards to be wide open that's why you lost hey you're your breakdown is completely correct, Nick. But guess what? The reason why he was cheating up is because he wasn't respecting Cooper Cup's ability to run the fuck by him. That's why he was cheating up. He, he thought he could get back him. there. He burned him. He burned him. He's just that fucking good. But guys, most impressive aspect of the game. All right, I'm going to pass it over to Nick. Nick, most impressive aspect of this game. Go right ahead. It's got to be the defensive line for the Rams. I mean, they control the game. They controlled the entire game um, when uh, Wurfs was out. So, you know, Wells stepped in that right tackle. He got hurt during the game, and he was getting blown off the ball every fucking play. He, he, he you, you could have just not even had anybody out there. The guy was just getting blown off the ball every play. You know, he was slamming into Brady. Brady's getting hit every fucking play. He's getting hurried. He's 44 years old. He doesn't have the, the, the you know, the escapability outside the pocket. And, and make plays with his feet. He's a pocket passer. He's 44. He just doesn't, he's not a mobile quarterback. But if you don't give him time, that's, that's the result you're going to have. You know, when you got Von Miller against Wells, uh, who, by the way, was questionable in the game, going into the game. 
So it's like, okay, you have this undrafted guy going against Von Miller and he's hurt. It's, it's, it's on paper. Like I said, it didn't make any sense, but the only reason why we, I took the bucks was because of Braden. That was really, that was the X factor for me. But to me, it, I mean, they completely dominated. Aaron Donald fucking completely harassed that offensive line. The way that the Rams can utilize him and put him in every single situation, nose tackle, um, edge rusher, it, he's, he's phenomenal in all aspects of defensive, uh, you know, being a defensive lineman. He's, he's, he's amazing because you can literally put him anywhere and he's going to come after your quarterback and he's fast, he's big, he's powerful. You ain't blocking him one-on-one. And um, then Wells went out. Then he had a third stringer at right. Uh, he was actually a right guard that had to move to right tackle. <laughs> and he was undrafted out of Rice. And you think he's going to block Von Miller? <clears throat> no. So for when Brady doesn't have that time, it, 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 it's, it makes the whole difference, man. You know what I mean? That's why he's missing his, 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 his star receivers because they get open quick. What does Brady do? What does Brady do the best? He throws the ball out quick. And he didn't have trust in Tyler Johnson. He got hurt during the game. And he just didn't have any – he had no blanket, per se, that he usually does. Like the West Walkers, the Edelmans, they get the short five-yard passes. You know what I mean? Like just to keep – I Scotty was cooking a little bit. He was cooking, but he was cooking at the end of the game. I know. I get you know Tyler I mean? Johnson had some plays, too. Who? Tyler Johnson had some plays, too. Yeah, but he also got hurt. You know what I mean? Like yeah. – when you have interchangeable parts all year and then, you know, especially the last couple of weeks, it's, it's hard to get, you know, uh, a report with your receivers that are playing. I mean, it's just, it's not even feasible when you, when you're playing against Matthew Stafford, you know, who has a full deck, you know, minus Robert Woods, but they got, they got Odell Beckham in, in place of him pretty much. So like you're playing against, they were a full missing deck. Andrew Whitworth though, too. Yeah. So, so what? That's, I mean, a, that's an equal loss right there to Tristan Wirfs. This is literally I, I, this is I, I, one of the best left say, tackles in the league. I'm not going to say it's an equal loss because I don't think the Bucks' defensive line is as good as the Rams. And when you have Von Miller, but, you got Leonard Floyd, and you got Aaron Donald, and you got a hurt offensive line, it, you're in trouble. You're, you're but in the rest trouble. of the Bucks' offensive line is better than the rest of the Rams' offensive line. It almost that's sounds true. like you're bailing Tom Brady out a little no, bit. No, I'm not bailing him out at all. I, I, because he I just, wasn't. He had a bad I, first half in this game. Oh. No question about it. You put any fucking quarterback in his shoes that was going against that against that defensive line with his with his offensive line, you're gonna have the same problem. You are. You're just gonna have the same issues. Similar to Patty Mahomes last year in the Super Bowl. This is this That's is fine. exactly why the Rams went out and got Von Miller right there because this is how they knew they would get past a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers. They had to have a pass rush like this. This is exactly why they went out and got him. This is why we said this. We said this all along. This is how you you get past the two juggernauts in the NFC, and it came up big in this game. Well, yeah, it came on major because they lost their All-Pro right tackle. That's that's major. That is significant. That's a to me. That's a bigger loss than than probably one of his receivers, it, it, yeah. if not the biggest loss. It's your protection. You, because their, their offensive line is built to protect the 44-year-old quarterback because what does he do best? He throws the football. That, and he gets it out quick. So, for me, it's like that's once you lose your offensive line, you, you start to lose, you know, other pieces to your offense. It trickles down. So, that's, that's really the result of the game. They, yeah. were, they were a mismatch, make no mistake. But don't get it twisted. You still got Mike Evans. You still got Gronk. That's equal to Cup and Beckham in my eyes. And like I said, the rest of the offensive line is better than the Rams' rest of the offensive line. But this was a mismatch in terms of the Rams' strength versus the Bucks' 
then weakness of losing Werfs and losing the playmakers that they had, the Rams were specifically designed to com to compete against a Bucks team like this. And make no mistake, the Bucks. this is the healthiest their defense was all year. So, I mean, really, they didn't adjust properly in this game until the second half. And then that's when I was just like, all right, they're doing it again. They're going to win this game. So my most impressive aspect of the game is the fact that the Rams won after fumbling four times. They literally fumbled the fucking game away. They were giving it to the Bucks, and Tom Brady was doing his damn thing. I, I was saying, I was literally saying it right after the cup fumble. I'm like, it's over. Tom Brady's going to do this fucking thing. That's exactly what I was saying. I was rooting for And I have no idea how the fuck the Rams pulled that off at the end. Composer. That is the most impressive part to me. <laughs> and really, this is like... The Rams could really build off of this. This is... I, I can't... I just can't believe that they wound up winning this game. I cannot believe it. I thought the Bucks had it. So that's it for me. Pauls. For me, I still... I'm going with who I said on Saturday about being the X-Factor was McVay. I think he coached his ass off. I think he outcoached Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles. I think he game-planned for them, and I think that he delivered along with Matthew Stafford and the rest of that team. I mean... The Ndamukong Sue and the defense were knocking the ball out of the receiver and the running back's hands. That's what got them back into the game. I mean, up until that bomb to Mike Evans, Brady only had 179 passing yards. So it wasn't like he was lighting the world on fire. He lit the world on fire from that moment on. But I, I just I think that Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford rose to the occasion, and that's just where I'm at with it. And there was a time, I mean, when the when they got tied again, I started laughing because I'm like, I, th I texted somebody. It might have been Nick. might have been Tom, whoever. I was like, this is going to be the second best comeback of Tom Brady's career. Because yep. obviously the first That's one is the too. Falcons. As soon as they tie the game, I'm like, this is over. I don't care. I do not care. This is over. And we're going to hear about this forever. But I can't believe they scored. Um, also, kudos to McVay and Stafford. Again, after you get that sack on that first play, to still have the balls to go out there and say, we want to win. And throwing the ball and trying to win the game. That's what you have to do. That's not coaching scared. That's not coaching not to lose. That's coaching to win a game. And he did it, hey, and Mike, hats off to them. Mike, to your point, when you do break it down that way and you look at it in totality after the fact, because during the game you're like, this team's fucking choking it away. Tom Brady's stealing their soul actively. But when you when you take it in into totality at the end, polls, yeah. <laughs> okay, this is probably the best performance McVay has had in a big game in his career yet. That's a signature win. This was win. the best. This was his first, like, really, really signature win in my book. This is the first one. They went out, and they definitely had a better game plan. Um, Matt Stafford played one of his better games, too. That's actually the crazy part. Is they, they went out, and they did what they were supposed to do on both sides of the ball and still almost lost the fucking game. That's what's the craziest part about it. But that's what happens when you have Tom Brady on the other side. I was already – I'm thinking to myself, man in the arena – Episode 11, it started in this game. That's what I was thinking, and they still wound up pulling the damn thing off. So, guys, well, I got the go ahead. The game changed. So, when it was 10-3, the Bucks got a field goal. Okay, now you're back in the game, right? 10-3, you're home. It's Now it's the start of the second quarter. Then the fucking Bucks give up a 70-yard touchdown pass to Cooper Cup. That put him 70. On a third and 20. <laughs> A third and 20, and you give up a 70-yard touchdown pass to a guy who had 2,000 receiving guards in the season. 
How the fuck? Can somebody explain this to me? How, how do you let that happen? Third and 20? You're guaranteed that they're pretty much just you know, throwing it up, trying to get a fucking, uh, a, 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 a fucking pass interference call. That's what they're trying to do. They, the, he was wide. There wasn't anybody within 10 yards of the 2,000-yard wide receiver. How? On third and 20, you're home. If you get off the field there, that you get the offense the ball back, at down 10-3, you're home. You're starting to click a little bit because you got points. The momentum's starting to change a little bit. That was the drive because when they were down 17-3, it made the Bucks one-dimensional the rest of the way. Because you're playing against a lethal offense in the Rams, because they do have a good offense. They're going to score points. They are. You know, I mean, they're just a good team. They're a good overall team. But when you're down 17 to three and you don't have your right tackle, and that defensive, and that defensive front can pin their ears back and get after your quarterback down 17 to three with all your, with pretty much your two wide receivers gone, when in, in uh, A. B. and Godwin, and then Tyler Johnson gets hurt, you're you're you're, you're down to nothing. You're down to Scotty Miller and Mike Evans. And the problem with Mike Evans, and he had a great fucking game, but he, he was being covered by Ramsey all game. So they're pretty much eliminating Mike Evans for the most part. So who do you go to? Gronk? Real fast. They're too. doubling Gronk. With Todd Bowles. Evans I, burned his ass, by so, the way. So, so, Evans fucking dominated. So 17-3 is just a mountain to climb when you have too many, uh, too many injuries on the offensive front. And it's just, for me, that was the, that yeah. was the game. That that play, third and twenty, that that gave the Rams confidence, saying, "Yo, we could score any time." Yeah. Third and twenty, you gave up a seventy-yard fucking pass to a two-thousand-yard receiving wide receiver that did it all year long. How the fuck do you do that on third and twenty? So two things real fast before we move on. Number one, Todd Bowles didn't look like he had a game plan. I don't know defense. what his game plan was. It, it looks like they're just trying Cooper, to play him straight leave, up. Leave Cooper Cup wide the fuck open and, and cover everybody else. I, I'm confused. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know what that was to be honest. And I forgot my second point, so we can move on. <laughs> Honestly, I think that they assumed that one of the corners would be able to take him one on one, and that's just a bad a bad mistake. But this is the hot button question, guys, because. Shit was starting to leak out before the game about Tom Brady potentially playing his last game here, okay? And now after the game, after this, this is a roaring subject, okay? So here's the question. It's facts or cap, okay? Tom Brady, the GOAT, will retire this offseason, facts or cap? And I think, Nick, you're going to have to lead us off here because... This is your guy, it's, so I want to hear what you have to say. It's 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 fucking cat. He ain't retiring. <laughs> There's no way in hell. Tom, I I follow Tom Brady his whole career. There is no way in hell he's going out like that. There's just no way. There's no fucking way. That guy is too competitive to close out a career that has just been storybook, and, and, it, and with a loss. There's just no way. I I don't I don't see it. Um, Everything is still there for me. I mean, he was number one in pretty much almost every single passing statistical category. Goat, 44 years old, by the way. Still has a zip in his arms. Can throw it the best with anybody in the league. Um, he, he, he does it all. He, he, what made me think that he's not retiring is the resilience that he showed coming back from 27-3. It's funny that we don't even talk about the 27-3 comeback. That's, that's, to me, is fucking insane. 27 to 3 in the playoffs. In the playoffs. You're not talking about regular season. You're not playing Detroit. You're playing a good fucking team. 
that's going to the NFC Championship game, and you're down 27 to three. But the reason why we don't talk about it is because they didn't finish, you know, they didn't finish the job. But that's still amazing. So the fact that he still has that that mental toughness in him, it just lets me know that he he, he has everything still. He he's coming back. Fuck you guys. He's coming back. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, he's wow. coming back. He's coming the fuck back. I can't fucking wait. I can't wait. Right on cue, Phil. Perfect. No, that's Cap. He's coming back. There's no way he retires and no. goes out like that. Um, because, like Nick just said, the 27-3 comeback was brilliant to bring him back 27-27. But it's, it's, it's lost because they lost. I mean, Dak Prescott did it a few years ago to the Packers, and nobody even remembers that because they wound up losing 34-27. Right. It, unfortunately, that comeback got spoiled. But it's weird because normally Brady's on – the good end of that he's not normally on the bad end of that so it's That's like fine. It, it's you know it's even the best him. fall down sometimes remember that they do it's how you come back yep he'll be back i i too i think it's cap i mean this guy if you needed any reminder that he has the competitive juices flowing you, you let him know that he did lose this game it was going to be arguably the best comeback of his career and he lost still Despite these insurmountable odds, okay? And he, he made this into a game, and it looked like they were going to pull this off. And then to still lose the game, that's got to be fucking burning in this guy. It's burning in this guy. Um, and, and he already has said he wants to end with a Super Bowl win if possible. That would be a really nice way to ride off in the sunset. He already said he wants to play when he's 45 years old. He's going to be turning 45 before next season i think they're going to run it back one more time although this time i don't think they're going to be able to bring everyone back without some restructuring they're probably going to lose a few pieces here and there but they're still fucking loaded they have everything um if anything i'd be worried about them losing leftwich and ty bowles uh who both could potentially land head coaching gigs uh but besides that this guy has to be burning that is the one way he won't go out he won't go out after doing what he just did facts. and still getting the L. Total That's facts. not Tom Brady. So, guys, we got one more, and this is this is the best one. <laughs> I just want As if this wasn't enough. This was I, already I, the best. I want one more this season. Is all... I, I want yeah, one you more get season. One more. I, I, I need you one get more season. More. I need one more season. You will. Do not retire on me, Brady. He would have retired. One more round. You, it was more likely if they one You'll get one more, more Nick. round. Do not retire on me. You'll... I love you. <laughs> I'm your biggest fucking fan. I hope you watch this one day. I am your biggest fucking fan. Do not retire. Come back with a vengeance and take everybody's fucking head off and put it on a spike and then retire. That's that. That's my request. Love you. You know, also, Nick, if he heard you, That'd be he great. can come on P&I anytime. Anytime. <laughs> Gotta hang him up. But... We got one more, though, guys, okay? You could have ended the slate here, and it would have been probably the best weekend of football ever. But this last one somehow topped the other three. This this was the best weekend in the divisional round history. This was arguably the best weekend in, in NFL history, period. This was the best slate of games that I can remember, and this might have been the best game that I ever watched, okay? Phil, hit me with CBS, all right? We're gonna get into this. I thought he was gonna say CBD. Last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say, all right, bro. Yeah. Oh shit, guys, Bills Chiefs. This is this is gonna be a great rivalry for a long time, man. 
Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, fucking firing. This is unbelievable, guys. Bills, 36, Chiefs, 42, in overtime. Uh, I, I'm just speechless, okay? So we have to talk about player of the game first. Pauls, start us off. Player of the game is Patrick Mahomes. I don't really need to go into it. Uh, 13 seconds, <laughs> and you have those two plays to get to a 48-yard field goal for your kicker for Harrison Barnes. Or not Harrison Barnes. Holy shit. Harrison Bucker. Harrison Barnes. Absolutely <laughs> fucking crazy. I watch too much basketball. My bad, my bad. Harrison Bucker. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. And we'll go into it in a little bit after you give your player. But Patrick Mahomes, man, that's it's unbelievable what that dude's able to do. It's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, do I have to really, like, divulge here? I mean, 75% completion, um, 378 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, QBR of 96, um, a rating of 123.1. Uh, the, the guy scored in 13 seconds. He got a field goal in 13 seconds. That's fucking insane. That's insane. You got a field goal in 13 seconds? They should have run a draw. Ha yeah, Dak Prescott <laughs> ran a draw on 14. But, uh, 14 seconds, but here's Dak the, took it. Here's Mahomes the gets down the field and gets a field goal in 13. Reg <laughs> regardless of the Bills' miscues yeah. in that in that time frame, to, to, to get a field goal in 13 seconds, everything has to go right. Literally everything. The, the first play it has to be a big play. The second play has to be a big play. And they got it against the number one fucking defense. How? These games were just bizarre. Bizarre. And this was one of the greatest games I have seen. One of them. I'm not going to say it's the best because I have a favorite. It's my second favorite besides the Eagles Super Bowl. Which, yeah. And I know I your mean, favorite game. What's mine? The Falcons. Oh, this is it's not. It's not? You want to know my favorite game? Yeah, I do. The 2019 AFC Championship game between the Patriots and the Chiefs. Oh, okay. In overtime. I got you. Oh, yeah. cool. That That's a good was one. one of the greatest games That's I've a good ever one. seen. That was a great game. But I'll yeah, tell you what. Mahomes. Go ahead. It's Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, you could you have to say Mahomes because they won, number one, but you could easily have justified Josh Allen, uh, even Gabriel Davis, a PI favorite over here. Yeah. We've been hyping him up for a long time. Okay. He Nick set knows. the receiving record with four touchdowns in a playoff game. I mean but I, I have to go Mahomes. Uh, just sensational. This this guy, after after dealing with the hand that he was dealt with in the first half of the season, they, they had to figure it out. We were saying this last week a little bit. I was referencing it a ton. This team had to figure out how to play in between the 20s. They were always accustomed to the big play. They finally figured this out. They can do everything. They can beat you in every single way. Mahomes is just... He's, I mean, he was never gone, but he's fucking back. If you thought he wasn't back, he's fucking back, guys. He's back, okay? That was fucking Patrick Mahomes right there. That guy, oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God. Call me Mike fucking Mahomes. There you go. Godfar said it before last game. He, he, He's just sensational. I have nothing else to say. Him and Josh Allen, by the way, Josh Allen is, if you didn't think he was a top five quarterback, what he's done the last two weeks him and Mahomes the last two weeks have had arguably the two best opening games in a playoff run ever both of them both of them did and then in this game they put up the two teams combined 
Almost a thousand yards of offense in one game. This is two teams with very good defenses. Almost a thousand yards. These guys are just that fucking good. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <clears throat> Unbelievable. I mean, the two of them combined for 707 yards, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, and 137 ru uh, rushing yards. That is crazy. Three touchdowns and a field goal from the two-minute warning. I mean, when they score with 13 seconds left, I'm like, damn, good for you, Josh. You arrived. You're here. Yeah. I mean, I was saying before the season he was a top-five quarterback anyway, so he— You were. And um, as, you, you as both had Nick, him five, yeah, I as think. As was Nick. And, but, and I had him six, but he's in my five now. No question. You got a five? Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so wait, anyway. <laughs> so wait. Jeez. One thing That's I want to say real fast. Shout out to Andy Reid for having three timeouts and learning from your mistakes. Yeah. Because Andy Reid five years ago has no timeouts in that situation. Andy learned. Or maybe Alex. it was just luck of the draw. Yeah. But uh, shout out no, to Josh. He's been much better, though. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Josh Allen for handling the uh, post game like a pro. Yeah. Dak Prescott, too. Dak Prescott takes some lessons. I was just getting ready to that, Mike. Shout out to Pat Mahomes, celebrating with your squad, and then running to find Josh Allen because you know what he did in that game. However, for the Bills franchise, that's a really, really devastating loss because you're probably losing the ball. You're probably losing uh, what's-his-face to the Giants. I can't think of his name right now. Like, not that there's yeah, like a moral victory. You just said his name. Yeah, the ball. Brian not Dable. Yeah, Dable. However you fucking pronounce yeah, his last name. Whatever. Not that you're – not that, like, a moral victory, but how do you play better? If you're on that plane ride home and you're bullshitting with your team, how do you play better? You can't. They play perfect. Josh Allen played the best game of his career. The best game of well, his career. The offense played great. The defense – Yeah, Leslie Frazier, great. I don't know what that was. I, I, I really don't know. Again. That's inexcusable. That is a collapse – of Correct. All time. Correct. All time. That can't happen. Because when you're when I'm sitting there with Patrick Mahomes, nobody in that building thought they were gonna win that game. Fuck at no. that time. No, but I don't care. If you said they were, you're lying. Couple Hail Marys and that's it. That's it. But I, it's 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 tough. I hope the Bills recover from it. But there is a chance that, that that could be a dark cloud that hangs on them for a little bit. There there really is that chance. Oh look, Pauls agreed. Pauls, let me answer you right now with that. Remember how I broke this game down. I basically, I, without saying that this was going to be the greatest fucking game ever, it almost went to a T as to how I said this game would turn out. And I said to you guys that the Bills are going to be this close, but they're going to let you know that they arrived and they're going to be back. That's exactly how I said this was going to go. And I think that this actually, it, it's going to light a fire under this team and they're going to get White back next year as well. I think they're going to be just as good. Great point. They're probably going to be a lot better because this is this is a game where it's like, okay, they're fucking legit. This is going to be like a long-term rivalry with these two. It could take over the Brady Mannings. We'll see. Never. We will never know, you know? Never. I mean, that, never fucking we never, take over we never, Manning. We never thought that there even would be a chance that something like that could happen. But this could be one of the next great rivalries in the game with these two teams. And they're set up for a long time. Um, I want to give a shout out to Eric Bieniemy, who still gets no fucking love. I will never understand it. This guy needs to be a head coach. Okay, the plays that he devised at the end of the game. I mean, you could argue that he himself was the reason that they won. Obviously, Mahomes throw, Kelsey made the catch. The rest is history. But look at the plays that this guy was calling. 
I mean, he he knew where to find the soft spot in the defense. Uh, he had the balls to call the plays that he did. He called his two best plays at the time that he needed it. And this team did something that was just unbelievable. The only thing I would say here, so most impressive aspect for me, guys, is the fact that there's 25 fucking points scored after the two-minute warning. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, the 13 seconds, the Chiefs doing that. But I, I am going to say this, too. The most impressive, the other thing, is, it's, it's actually not impressive. It's just shocking at this point how the NFL still has not changed this fucking overtime rule. There's no question that both of these teams should have touched the ball <laughs> in overtime. In the playoffs, that's what should happen. In the regular season, you can leave it as is. I get it. But in the playoffs, both of these teams should have touched the ball. It actually worked out in the Chiefs' favor this time. Nick referenced 2019. It didn't work out in their favor in 2019. It worked out this time. They actually tried to but change. go ahead, guys. They, they actually went to the league and tried to change the rule. But now that it's on yeah. their side, I don't see them going to the league and trying to change the rule. That's interesting, ain't it? Hmm. Yeah. Funny how that works sometimes. Yeah, it is funny. Well, they may not lead the charge, but they already put the vote out there. It should be everybody leading the charge for the fucking quality of the game. It should be everybody. It's unacceptable that the league didn't change this yet. I, I actually don't mind the overtime rules. I mean, if the if the team's going to go down and score, I mean, you're going to keep doing it all day. Your your defense is gassed. Your defense is not even there at that point. You're fucking cold as hell. You've been playing all game chasing these receivers. You're 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 you're, you're done. Nah, you can't do go out. You're like done. Well, all I'm if saying Brady, if, is, if Brady would have lost that one in 2019, would you have the same tune? He's already he he lost. He didn't lose that game. No, he didn't lose that game, but he's lost before. Both teams need to get the ball. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying, though, yes, the defense needs to stop him. Like, for everyone that's bitching about, you know, J Josh Allen wasn't bitching about it. For everyone that's bitching about it on the Bills' behalf, I get your point, but still, the defense could have made the stop, too. That's one thing. That's exactly the other thing and is that's this, where though. I'm at. The other thing is this, though, is if they go down and they score a touchdown, the Bills go down, uh, let's say this is the revised overtime rule okay the bills go down they score a touchdown then after both teams have touched the ball then it should be sudden death because obviously they could keep scoring forever with the way this game was going but both teams should at least touch the ball once and that's what i would propose they should both touch the ball once and then you can make a sudden death after that kind of like the college rules no college Everybody just is gets... ongoing it keeps going and fucking going and going in this scenario at least the Bills would have had a chance to score, and then after the fact, the next team that scores after the Bills hypothetically scored will win. It will be sudden death after both teams touch the ball once. I, and I in mean, this way, it doesn't carry on. I know? tweeted this last night. Like, if Team One goes down and scores a touchdown, uh, scores a field goal, Team Two should have a chance to get the to get the ball. If they score a touchdown, they win the game. If they score a field goal, then next possession, next score wins. I mean, that's that's debatable. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if we're going to talk about player safety and shit like that, we talk about player safety, which doesn't make any sense. They, see, the NFL is very fucking just they're, they're just critical. It's, yeah. I mean, like you talk about player safety, <laughs> but then you add another game in the season. <laughs> what? And they're going to add another They'll be one, add another one too. I mean, they're going to add another one eventually. But then but my thing is, it's like, are the rules in place for player safety? Is is this what the overtime's about? I, like, like, do you want to limit the, the amount of time that they're that they're playing? Like, I don't because when these rules were implemented, like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. For me. 
But uh, another factor too for the for the Bills is that uh, I mean, Stefan Diggs did he come out of the tunnel? <laughs> Where the fuck was he at? I mean, the only thing, the only impact he had was knocking out that uh, that fan that ran on the field. <laughs> That was a great tackle. Great, great tackle, but where was he at? <laughs> that's fair, but they could. They, I, I would venture to say they game planned against him, and that's why Gabriel Davis. Exploded. Yeah, come on, bro. It Bell drew, it drew the attention away, the, and Gabriel Davis was open. No, I know, I know, but it, it makes sense that he was not. He was a real, he was a non-factor, and Gabriel Davis just happened to go for two hundred yards and four touchdowns. Okay, so you're telling me, do you think the Bucks were trying to game plan for Cooper Cup? No, I said that earlier. I don't know what Todd Bowles was trying to do. They, I think that they were a little too you know, overconfident in their own side. I'm talking logically. The game plan should always be to stop the best receiver. Of course. But if Cooper Cup can go for almost 200 yards in the divisional round, how does this guy have seven yards? Uh, yeah. I, no, no. I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. Seven well, yards? That's the thing I know. That's, that's, the that Bills, sucks. I mean, the Bills are also – they're just fucking loaded. Like, you, you can't just shut down Diggs because at that point you got Beasley. Sanders can still get open even though he's playing hurt. And Gabriel Davis, we, we've now seen it for weeks. We've seen it for over a month. If this guy can fucking ball, he should have been the number two receiver all year. This well, guy can flat out ball. We've been saying it here at P&I. We've been saying it. Well, Emmanuel Sanders, he's he, he's not even a factor. I mean, he hasn't been a factor all year. Uh, but Well, but, he hasn't been for half the season now, but he's playing hurt. That's why. He was getting open all the entire first half of the year before he got hurt. Gabriel Davis is better, and he's showing it. Oh, yeah. Um, but they're for both, me, it's just both, like... I mean, but but Diggs, I mean, I, I, I don't get it. Seven yards was uh, very confusing because I feel like before the game, he was really motivated from last year's loss in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. Talk about, he, you know, he remembered, you know, that game and he was kind of like motivated by it. And then to come out to have seven yards, I mean, that's really inexcusable for me. Well, it's it, but it's fair criticism, Nick. Yeah. It's fair. I mean, Josh it, like I expected more out of him too. I mean, regardless. Im imagine having production from Gabriel Davis, who's an upcoming star, by the way. This guy is fucking for real. <clears throat> and we said this in the summer. I said it. He was one of the players to watch this year, and he has really become a really, really good receiver. Once the Bills realize, hey, shit, he's better than fucking Sanders. Finally, got more playing time, and he's he's nothing but a touchdown machine. I, I, I can't I don't know the stats, but like it's like every seven touches this guy has or seven catches he's, he's scoring touchdown. That's that's efficient. That's Incredible. efficiency right there. He's finding the end zone. Josh Allen loves him. He's a big target. He's got great hands. He's the perfect wide receiver too to your all pro wide receiver and Stefan Diggs. So those two guys should be wreaking havoc across the league. In my opinion, and, once and you, they will, especially if you got a quarterback in Josh Allen. But seven yards is really inexcusable. I mean, you're in the playoffs. No, I'm, seven I'm, yards. That's is, fair criticism. It's just that's fair. It's fair. I, I just, it's fair. Hold that, him accountable. That was that was just uh, really inexcusable for me for for Diggs, and he's a great player, and I, I I'm a, I'm a fan of him. I just I'm just very confused by the performance. That's all. Completely fair, Nick. Completely fair. Um, and on the other side, I mean, Hill and Kelsey, they did what they what they do best. They they show up and. I mean, there was several occasions in this game where you're just like, how the fuck does Tyreek Hill get into that second gear the way he does? He's just incredibly dynamic and fast. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to say this too, even though it didn't, it didn't particularly affect the outcome, but the Chiefs running game, 182 yards, 6.7 yards per carry, and Mahomes himself factored into that too. He was running the ball well, um, that does matter still. That does matter. They had almost 100 yards more on the ground than 
Bills. I mean, it didn't it didn't wind up affecting the outcome of this game, but that's chunk yardage right there, guys. They they ran the ball effectively too, and they did it with multiple people. They did it with Edwards Hilaire. They did it with McCole Hardman. They did it with Mahomes. Uh, McKinnon didn't have a great day on the ground, but he was still effective out of the backfield. Right. They just they're just so fucking. The whole team is dynamic. Both of these teams really are. But the one thing that the Chiefs can do is they can run the ball when they want, and the Bills are. You know, a little inconsistent there still. It wasn't working for him in this game, except with Josh Allen. Agreed. Agreed. Because um, it matters. It matters on first down. You're you're getting six yards a pop. That makes life easy, you know? You, you want to play so, ahead of the chains, Mike. I totally agree with you. When you're in second seven, second eight, and second and nine, you're not allowing yourself that success. You're not. You gotta get it. You, you gotta move ahead of the chain. Second and five, second and four, second and three. Consistently do yep. that. Control the clock. Run the ball. Keep the defense guessing. That's how you win games. And Nick, and Nick. In addition to that, this is why the Chiefs were the best third down team. I mean, they they obviously have a number of reasons why they're the best third down team in the NFL. But that right there, in this game particular, in particular, they couldn't be stopped in those crucial situations. I mean, the Bills had their own success, too, in third, fourth down. But the Chiefs were just incredibly efficient all the way around. And this is what opens up their, their game plan, their their play calling, and everything. This is what opens everything up for this offense. Um, the ground game was a part of it. And yeah. it wasn't even featured. It was a part of it, though, in this game. Everybody on that team was just <laughs> gaining chunk yardage. So, guys, back to the Bills. And this is how we're going to end the night, okay? This has been phenomenal. This was so much fun to talk about, but this one right here, this is a big one, okay? Pulse. <laughs> <laughs> he caught himself. Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I'm good at that now. <laughs> but the Buffalo Bills will be in the Super Bowl next season. Facts or cap? I, I, I'm going to say cap for now. Um, I mean, there's so much that can transpire throughout now until next season. Injuries happen, free agency happens. Um, I know the bills are about 9.8 million under the cap, you know, leading to 2022, but they also have free agents like uh, Jerry Hughes, uh, Mario uh, Addison, Vernon Butler. Um, Addison Rose. You know, yeah, oh my God. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, I, I think I lost my train of thought. That's it. Yeah. We might yeah. have to end it here. <laughs> I'll, I'll bookmark that one. Addison Rose. I don't remember that one. Um, oh, but, yeah, I mean, God. like, you know, you're losing three pieces to to, to your defensive line. Uh, you know, obviously, that really matters to, to football teams, you know, especially in January and February. you got to be able to get after the quarterback. You can't give up 42 points um, like you did last night. But, I mean, for me, $9.8 in the cap, I mean, like, how much better can you get? I'm sure other teams are going to get better that were competitive last year, like the Chargers. They're going to be, you know, up and coming. I mean, I think they have, like, $75 million in cap space. Not with that fucking fool at head coach. I mean, but they have $75 million in cap space. <laughs> like, that's – they have, like, cap to work with to get yeah. more talent in there. And they're already fucking loaded with talent. I know. So, the fact that they're going to – because they have a rookie quarterback on, on a rookie yep. contract. And Josh Allen's new deal, I think, rolls in next year. When you got it a does. massive deal. So obviously, you know, they're going to lose cap space when that deal comes into play. So for me, it's just like right now, I'm going to have to say cap. Uh, I also believe it's cap. For all the love we're giving them, do not sleep on Joe Burrow and the Bengals up and coming. 
Mm -hmm. uh, they are loaded. And like I said, it sucks because like I feel bad for Josh Allen because I don't know how you could play a better game. Yeah. And you are going to lose pieces. That's just, that's just the way the NFL works. You're going to lose pieces. Now, Allen looks like he's that dude that he's going to be able to carry your franchise when things go wrong or when shit happens. But it's hard. And, um, yeah, to me, it's just cap. It's, it's tough, man. The AFC is loaded. Because I don't think they're going to be the favorites next year. No, it's going to be the Chiefs. It's, of course. It's no, the they'll Chiefs. be close, though. But I'm not sure that you – going into the season, I'm not sure that – the Bengals won't be second, depending on what happens in the offseason. I mean, if, the, if Josh Allen loses his offensive coordinator that he's had for three years, that's a big loss. So Facts. You, have to, you have to think of stuff like that. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to say cap, too, because simply the Chiefs, man. <laughs> the, the fucking that's the Chiefs. number one reason. The four, straight, four straight AFC championship games, and they don't look like they're going to be changing anytime soon. They got... Much of their core locked up. But the Bills do too, though. The Bills, I mean, the, the thing about the Bills, they don't have those big-name players on defense, but they're really fucking good, the guys that you don't know about. The guys, the Ed Olivers, okay? Yeah. The Tredavious Whites. These guys are all-pro talents that don't get any love. Uh, they're going to have Tredavious White back. You drafted Gregory Rousseau. They've been making some good moves. I mean, they, they had some older guys on the defense. They're starting to transition into a younger defense. So they got much of their core locked up too. So the thing is with the Bills is is they're really close. They can they can upgrade their needs probably relatively easily. Um, the the hardest part is going to be replacing your offensive coordinator. And if if he gets that job, which right now it looks like he will be the Giants head coach. Um, so that would be the reason why for me though the Chiefs are just like they're just in a whole different planet right now. And this is the year when we were all thinking. We were thinking at the midpoint of the season that they're done. This this team is done, and and look what they did. They adjusted. They're they're back. They, they're probably better than they were when they won the Super Bowl. So, uh, but the Bills can do the same thing. Mike, great point with the Bengals because the Bengals, if they get an offensive line, if they just draft two guys there, or yep. if they sign somebody, uh, the Bengals get an offensive line. Look the fuck out. You're gonna have Justin Herbert's gonna be in this conversation, I'm sure. Okay, there's, there's, there's. It's just a loaded AFC, but they're close. They're really fucking close. This team. Look out and for Pittsburgh. They know what they gotta do. Yeah, you depending know? on who they get. Look out for Pittsburgh. That's a good next one too, year. Nick. If, I like if that. They, if they get, if they get a quarterback and they get a couple pieces uh -huh. on the offensive line, look the fuck out. Excellent. That team I agree. is primed I love that. I love to, that. to really compete Nick. next year if they can get the right pieces. Nick, I had that conversation with a Steelers fan verbatim, and I said the same thing. If they acquire one of these big-name quarterbacks or even a Derek Carr, because the Steelers have the makeup to allow a Derek Carr, Carr to be work. a contender. Right. That's, that's, why, that's one of the few teams where I could see him going to, and they could be a contender. But I'm just saying, though. I mean, we have a long time to talk about this. But, yeah, Nick, the Steelers look out because they do have the top-end talent um and they obviously have some obvious gaps on the offensive line and their and, run defense and another team to look out for um, too is uh denver next denver year. if they get a quarterback if they get a cooler the fuck out they are low yo yeah, they're low-key loaded and, man yo and nick i would <laughs> handicap them i would handicap them as the favorite to get aaron Rodgers if he traded i would handicap them as the favorite it worked for them with peyton manning We'll talk about that, though. Yeah, we'll get yeah, there. Definitely. It might be something we talk about next week when we have uh, 
Pro Bowl week, and we have some filler content before the Super Bowl. So I think we're good, guys. I think we're going to have to call it a night. We ran on late, but it's all good. it was well worth it. Yeah. It oh, was yeah. well worth it. This was fucking awesome. So <sighs> Great a, show, guys. It was uh, a brutal weekend for me, but this show just makes me really happy. So thank you, guys. <laughs> I was this miserable. This is a great show. Fucking miserable, man. I tell you, the Titans lost, Titan up lost. Tom Brady lost. I went 0-4 on my picks. Where's I was regular? fucking garbage. <laughs> I was garbage. That's right. You'll bounce back. I I, I got to get refocused. I believe in you. You'll bounce back. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yep. You care. Yeah. Take it away. Take it. You will. You will. You already showed us when you focus. You you got back into this pick race. You were well out of the thing, and you could win it still. So I have faith in you. Let's not get crazy right. now. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, Pauls. Oh, that's but the, ain't that's no the sure Burrow thing. confidence it's over here. It's a three-way here. race, brother. Yep. Mike Burrow. Mike Burrow over here. There uh -huh. you go. All right, talk confidence shit. Confidence and arrogance. <laughs> yeah, that's Walking good. that fine line. I like it. <laughs> Spicy over here. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. That was awesome. Uh, we were happy to be cooking tonight. We were ready for this. Um, I'm going to get into the important stuff before I pass off to Nick Theories, okay? Tonight's episode of P&I was brought to you by prize picks your home for daily fantasy sports new users who sign up for prize picks today using the promo code iconic will receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars hell of a deal promo code iconic prize picks daily fantasy made easy also we were live tonight on PropsHQ.com. check us out on the props network subscribe to our show there stay in, in touch with all of our news everything Go to Props Network. Check us out. Lastly, guys, next show, Thursday, 8 p.m., we're talking conference championship games, all right? We got Bengals. We got Chiefs. It's another rematch, all right? Then we got on the other side, we got another rematch of the 49ers and pa uh, Packers. Excuse me. 49ers and Rams. 49ers have won six straight against this team. Third time facing them this year. A lot of shit to talk about on Thursday. This is going to be crazy. We'll have a DFS lineup or two for you over the weekend. Stay tuned. Nick, take it away. Thank you very much, guys. Final comment, Brady, please do not retire. I want one more round, one more year. Prove everybody. Shut everybody the fuck up. Come back. Run it the fuck back. You want Fire the fucking cannons. Raise the fucking flags. Bring it on. The real last Come dance, back. Nick. The real last the dance. The real last dance is fucking rip. That's, that's 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 true, Mike. He's the real goat. He he, he could post something like that. So Brady, uh -huh. please do not retire. I love you. Just one more year. But anybody, everybody out there, you no, know, I appreciate you guys watching the show. Thank you guys for all your comments, uh, your support. Um, if you haven't done so already, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell on YouTube. We are also available on PropsHQ.com, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Megaphone, Stitcher, and all the other bullshit. Uh, just fucking rate us five stars, subscribe, like, do whatever you guys do to get our name out. We would appreciate it. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and we'll see you guys Thursday at P&I.